0: Hi, this is Glenn Hurst. Welcome to Calvary Cafe. Calvary Cafe is a morning devotional held at Calvary Chapel Kennett. Calvary Cafe can be heard on Calvary Chapel Radio, 102.5 FM, KCJSLP, Kennett, at 7 a.m. and 5 p.m. on Mondays and Fridays.
1: Welcome to Calvary Cafe. Calvary Cafe is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Kennett. It's a morning devotional held each and every week. And uh, it's our desire just to reach out to community with the word of God. I'm Senior Pastor Brian Shearer. I'm your host today, and with me is my friend Glenn Hurst. Um, we're currently in the book of Galatians, and uh, before we get started, I just want to set the context for that, uh, so you'll understand why Paul's writing this book, who he's writing to, and his goal in writing. And um, he's writing to uh, Galatians, the Gal- the which is the title of the book, the book of Galatians, but it's actually a region with many different towns. Paul had gone in the region, established a church there, and then soon after he left, a a bunch of religionists came in. Um, uh, They're actually uh, Jews, and uh, they converted from Judaism into Christianity. Um, But they were trying to convince these Galatians that simply believing in Jesus Christ for salvation was not enough, that you... You had to believe in Jesus, but then there's many other things you had to do afterwards, such as, you know, get um, circumcised. Uh, circumcision was a, uh, a mark uh, specifically for the Jew, identifying them as God's people. And then uh, not only circumcision, but also they had to follow a certain diet, keep the rules and regulations of Judaism. In, in other words, they were trying to convince the Galatians that they were <coughs> truly going to be saved. They must first become Jews. And then uh, keep the law along with believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul says, no, that's not true. That's not so. Uh, that, That original gospel message that you first heard is the only thing that's required of you. And so today we're picking up in Galatians chapter 1, verse 8. And Paul writes, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, He is to be accursed as we have said before and i say now if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received he is to be accursed of course that gospel message was that jesus christ died for your sins and if you believe in him that believe that god has raised him from the dead you shall be saved and so that's the gospel message that paul was preaching and again uh, these religionists was trying to say no there's a whole lot more to it than that um, the gospel message believe in jesus christ and be saved um, as i was going through this book you know the one of the things that we read in the chapter three is um paul's uh, you know talking to galatians you know said who has bewitched you before whose eyes jesus christ was publicly betrayed as crucified and he, was, and he was pointing back to the Jew and saying, before whose eyes was Jesus publicly betrayed as crucified, that was the Jew. And his, his, the, his purpose in saying that was, you know, look, if the Jews, if you had to be a Jew first, then what's the purpose? Well, Jesus Christ still had to be crucified. You know, the law apparently didn't work. Um, moving on here, and then we'll we'll kind of get into discussion here. There's one other thing I want to point out. Paul says, for I am now, for, for am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? That is an interesting statement because Paul is saying, uh, you know, this is the gospel message. This is all that's required of you. But why would he say, am I trying to uh, please men? Why am I seeking the favor of men? And I believe the answer to that is found in a, second timothy chapter four picking up verse three it says for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but wanting to have their ears tickled they will accumulate for themselves <clears throat> teachers in accordance to their own desires now you compare that to what with what paul's saying here and what he's saying is that religion is actually something meant like in desire
0: i believe that and now here's why uh it gets right back down to the gospel message. Do they believe? That's what Paul's saying. Do you really believe? Uh, because if you believe in the power of God to save, well then, um, then you don't need that self righteousness or that belief in yourself. I think that's what they had. The religionists had that they had a they had a belief in themselves that they could keep this religious system, law, and approach him with it. Uh, If I believe in the power of God, just like this morning, uh, I woke up and I was in one of those moods, you know, where I would want to withdraw and isolate and uh, be led around by emotions and feelings and things. And, And so I went out and had prayer time this morning with my dad. And I said, Lord, you know, this is one of those days. Uh, but uh, you've set a day before me. And uh, and I'm not gonna be led around by moods and emotions. I'm not gonna believe in myself here. I believe in you. And so I surrender that and ask him, lead me through the day because I need your power, not mine. I'll put my best foot forward here. Wash my face, anoint my head with oil and step into this day. but. But I need your power. I need forgiveness. Not to receive, that's already there. I need it to give. I need your love inside me. I need your joy, your peace, your patience. All these things. That's believing in Him. For me, it is. Plus what Paul's saying, if you believe in Him, you don't need to rely on your own self-righteousness. I'm sorry if I distracted the, the, the direction here.
1: No, no, it's... Uh, I just think I think it's interesting he says for I, am I now seeking the, the favor of men or of God or am I striving to please men and then he goes on to say if I were still trying to please men I would not be a bond servant of Christ and um, the, I think what he's saying there and as I pointed out in Second uh, Timothy is that if, if if you're involved in a religion then it becomes about appearance it becomes about image and he's saying am i striving to please men no because you know as a pharisee paul was once a pharisee he was once this uh, a model of what christian or what uh salvation was to be looking at a righteousness you know he was a model of righteousness everyone looked up to the pharisee and everyone was patting the pharisee on the back you know and said oh look how spiritual he is Paul says that's the kind of thing that religion leads you into. It's, it leads you into looking for the favor of men. He says, but, you know, I'm giving all this over to God. God is the one that does all the work. And he would talk about in the book of Ephesians. And, and you know, there's I have nothing to boast about because I've done nothing. God has saved me.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: He says, I have nothing to boast about. And so... That, there's a danger there because we can all get into uh this this mindset that these religionists were trying to lead the Galatians into. You know, uh it's you know, you need to look a certain way, act a certain way, talk a certain way. And I think we see that in a lot of churches today. Yeah, you, the
0: Paul's that avoid the a very appearance of evil but uh but, but we get it twisted when when we, a lot of these people believe that by putting forth the appearance of holiness, by doing it through religion, religious system, religious law, keeping requirements, that that actually is the appearance of evil. right? That's self-righteousness, and that's evil.
1: Right. And now, if you look at carefully at the context of Second Timothy chapter uh, four, Uh, he says for the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine but wanting to have their ears tickled they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires you know you know oftentimes when we think about having our ears tickled we kind of get the impression well you know these are the people that were living very carnal lives which can be true but Uh, In the context of this, I think Paul's pointing to to the fact that men really love religion. They love the idea of being able to participate in their own salvation. Because if they're able to achieve a certain
0: level, then it makes them look good in the eyes of man. Well, we're an insecure people. We love to have a little control. And uh, religion allows us to have the illusion of a little control. That's what they're going for.
1: I mean, religion is what's ruled the world for many millenniums here um you know the well that's that's the whole point of uh islam it's a religious system men love religious system they they like being uh, per, uh participants in a religious system catholicism mormons jehovah's witness they're all religionists they're all focused upon their outward appearance and that that tickles the ear of man saying hey i can do something to save myself right. paul saying, "Hey." If you add anything to this gospel of grace, he goes on to say in chapter 5, you sever yourself from Christ. You have fallen from grace. Cut off, dude. Cut off, yeah. (laughs) So uh, continuing on in verse 11, it says, For I would have you to know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. This is directly from God, Paul says. God has reached down and, and, and reached out to man to save him. He says, "For neither, uh, for I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but I love this part, received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ." Oh, a revelation! Man, <laughs> man I, that's one of the things that, that uh, as you grow in your walk <laughs> with the Lord, He begins to reveal. Thus or hence the word revelation he begins to reveal more and more to you. And as he says to the Ephesians, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened. So you will know the hope of His calling the riches that you have in Christ Jesus. And that's, that's the deal. You draw closer to God in a relationship. You put off the things of this world and he opens the eyes of your heart. I can't tell you the number of times I've read through scripture and, and, and just read through it and say, man, I know this scripture. But then I go back to it one day and I read it. And it's like, whoa, I, okay. didn't,
0: I didn't see that. Yeah, your heart were opened, weren't right, they? Right. Mine Means- were this morning. Mine were uh, 174 days ago. I came here. I wasn't able to believe right. that God could forgive a guy as bad as me, Brian. Wow. And, wow. Uh, and God revealed that to me, that that's just not true. That's false. And, uh, and he has shown me day after day for 174 days in a row how much he does love me. Uh, I'm studying the book of Acts, and I, 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 there's a part in there where uh, Jesus told the disciples, the apostles, that uh, they were going to be baptized into the Holy Spirit. Uh, and not many days from now, that's in chapter 1. And uh, I got to looking on that word Baptize, what that meant And it means, the Greek word is baptizo And it means simply dipped into And submerged Completely whelmed And I Soaked up (laughs) The Lord gave me this thing this morning um, In my prayer time He said, you know I opened the eyes of your heart And made you able to believe And then I dipped You into me I dipped you into life. I submerged you into my son Jesus. And when I emerged you out of there, you were changed and you were different. And that's what you, who you are today. Right. And so I don't have to be led by emotions and moods or religious systems or any of that stuff. I have a relationship with my Lord and my Savior, with my God, my dad, and things are different. Right. And and that's what happens when we set all those religious things aside and simply believe in the power of Christ. That's what's happened. He reminded me of that this morning. Opened my eyes to that this morning. And brother, hey Brian, Mm -hmm. that's good news. Right. Right. That is great news. Well, that's what
1: uh, actually. What's what Paul goes on to explain what happened to him. He he, he says, "For you have, (coughs) excuse me, for you have heard of my former manner of life in Judaism." How I used to persecute the Church of God beyond measure and trying to destroy it. Paul was a murderer. He was, he was uh, killing Christians, and he was right there a participant of the uh, of uh, Stephen stoning, the very first murder of the church. He was sat there in hearty approval of what was going on. He thought he was doing God a favor by putting Stephen to death. Yes,
0: yeah, some radical favor he thought he was doing. Extreme right. position. Right. He, he was out there zealous for right. what he thought. Was God.
1: Right. He's just all wrapped up in this religious system. He thought he was a righteous man because he was, he thought he was keeping that law and he was out to persecute anyone else to destroy anyone else who was not keeping that law. You know, you can, you can be zealous for something. You can be. You could be all in for something, but you could be wrong, too. And that's where Paul realized, you know, just because I'm keeping this religious system doesn't mean that I'm right with God.
0: Or even know him.
1: Or even know him. Because he he didn't even know him. Right, exactly. He says, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries among my countrymen, being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. He was all in. He he, he, he talks about, I think it's in the book of... uh, Colossians, how he was a, a Jew among Jews, a Hebrew among Hebrews of the tribe of Benjamin. You know, if anyone could be found righteous in the law, Paul says, I'm your man. He was the number one
0: guy, wasn't he? Right. He but he had a there. revelation
1: one day. Absolutely. He was on that road to Damascus. He had letters in hand. He was ready to throw some more Christians into prison, prison or even have them stoned and then Suddenly, the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to him, and he got this revelation. I think that's where most of us have been. I remember when I first got saved. You know, I was just in this, this area of darkness, and, and then I finally said, you know what, I want the Lord Jesus Christ into my, in my life. And he opened the eyes of my heart. It's like a light switch come on. I've seen everything in an in entirely different way. Oh, there's, a, there's an old saying that says prayer changes everything. That's not entirely true. Prayer is what changes you. That's right. Faith is what changes things. Yeah, it changes yeah. your
0: perspective yeah, of your things. Your whole perception. Yeah, that's what. That's what's changed in my life so drastically. Uh, the the daily mechanical functions of my life is just normal life every day now, Brian. But I'll tell you what changed is my perception. Right. Uh, my perception includes <sighs> Jesus in my. Mundane affairs. It includes him in the excitement. It includes him in the singing and the worship and the church. But it also includes him when I'm in that grease pit, right, underneath a, a trailer truck, greasing and and uh, rolling around in rice dust, working in a right. rice mill. It, it includes him uh, in the good, the bad, and the indifferent. And that's that's a different perception.
1: Right. It, it changed my perception of this world. You know. Uh, my idea is that you know if i'm going to be happy if i'm going to be satisfied man i i've got to i've got to go out there and conquer the world i've got to i've got to satisfy. you know of course my satisfaction and fulfillment <laughs> could only come from the world money power you know position you know alcohol you know sexual immorality i thought all those things is what was going to satisfy me and i just found myself in this deep dark hole this black place this place of darkness and then I was like, man, I need something else besides this world. And that's...
0: we feel like that we've got to get out there in the world and do something. Right. But, right. but what Jesus is saying with this gospel is that we're, hey, we're not human doings. Right. We're human beings. Right. That's what I want, I want you to be with me.
1: Right. Well, that just takes us back to what we learned last week in, in uh, chapter one, verse four, he's that he might rescue us from this present evil age. We've been rescued from this, this line of thought, this mindset that we can find satisfaction and fulfillment in
0: this world. You know, Brian, there's a lot of different kinds of prisons. I've been in a few of them. I've visited some elderly people in a nursing home. I've seen the prison that they're in. I've seen the Missouri Department of Corrections. I've been to that prison myself, Duncan County Jail. Uh, other places in my life. But the worst prison I've ever been in is that mental prison that right. I locked myself in Right. Uh, in that line of thinking. And, and, and it's, that's what he set me free from was that prison where I had my mind was imprisoned with worldly things and dark things and the throes of addiction, all these things. He freed me from that. Right. Now my mind is open to him to receive him and then approach the world from that. And that's awesome.
1: i just reading this next verse, verse 15, and just keeping this in the context, Paul was just talking about how um, he was zealous for his religious traditions and how this zeal, and we know from the book of Acts, led to murder. Uh, he was seeking to persecute the church, he said right here in verse 13. And so he was just... In all accounts, he was just this evil, evil man who had no uh, compassion for, his, for, for other people. We know this from look studying, because Paul was a Pharisee from studying the Gospels. The Pharisees, man, they, they were just all about themselves. But notice what Paul says here. But when God had set me apart, even from my mother's womb, and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. So no matter where he was at, his past, we know that Paul um, knew that Old Testament. And, and he, he had all this knowledge uh, of, of the the Old Testament. He just didn't see Christ Jesus in it. God comes in, opens his heart, and now God is able to use all of Paul's past training uh, or knowledge and bring it into a whole new light, so other people can be saved. And I think that's what he does with us. No matter what our past is, God can use that past in communicating and proclaiming the gospel message to to any you know those that's of this world, those that's around us.
0: I can totally relate to that, Brian, right? Because uh, I got saved in two thousand, and I don't have any doubt that I was saved. I I I, uh, I, I tried what I thought
1: misinformed. Yeah,
0: I tried what I thought was jesus it it actually i was entangling myself up into religious practices thinking that was how that i needed to approach god and and it's, it's it's very subtle very subtle the way that the enemy does this he twists he just twists your your perception of what the gospel is just a little right 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 and so and so yeah zealous for the word i mean i'm fresh out of prison fresh out of a methamphetamine addiction and got this call to preach, and it was very real. I studied the word diligently, man, and I, I knew my Bible pretty well. What I had was a lot of head knowledge, right? And it puffed me up. He opened the eyes this of your pompous, heart. pompous, arrogant attitude, like I was, like much like Paul was. Paul was convinced that by killing Christians and putting them in prison and persecuting the church, that he was serving God. He was convinced that he was right. the whole time. serving the evil ones it's very subtle the way it comes about what happened when when I came here uh, of course I I dwindled right back down the scale into the throes of addiction again darkness homelessness all that stuff and when you guys rescued me and brought me here and God gave me that revelation and revealed himself to me Jesus has explained the father since then and and, man, it, it, that head knowledge that puffs up and, and blows up and gives you that pompous, arrogant attitude, man, that moved 18 inches south here. And everything I do is out of the attitude that I love him. And, and, and he has revealed himself to me. And I know him now. See, I didn't know him before. I knew of him. And I was trying to find him in, in Scripture on my own self-power. And, boy, it was just not fruitful at all then he introduced himself to me man my whole life's different right my behaviors aren't all different yet we're changing it's a progress it's it's a it's a process you know we're a work in progress but man i know him now right these changes are coming from the inside it's house cleaning but he's the one with the broom this time (laughs) not me right wow yeah um sorry about that i no. think i got you off target there. no 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 that's
1: good stuff there i mean let's, let's press on to verse 17 then and i think we may have to be wrapping this up here it's gone so quickly it this goes morning. quick it says uh verse 17 nor did i go up to jerusalem to those who were apostles before me but i went away to arabia and returned to damascus once more what paul is saying there and, of course, he's saying all this in a context, hey, I did not learn this gospel message from men. This came right from the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul says this 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 understanding that I have did not come from education. It didn't come from seminary. He says this came by revelation. The Lord Jesus Christ has opened my eyes. You know, you can be filled with all kinds of head knowledge. But it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to 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 really give you an understanding and insight to exactly what God has done and what he's calling you into. That's I'm, a cool
0: thing right there. I'm reminded of that quote Mark Twain. He said, I never let my schooling interfere with my education. Right. That's what <laughs> yeah. Paul, Paul's had his schooling. Now yeah. he's going to get his yeah. education in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people have this uh, doctorate of divinity. Paul has a, a doctorate of the desert. He spent three years alone. With the Lord. And, Absolutely. Uh, and uh, that's where it's at, man. That's If you want understanding of how Scripture is speaking to you, if you want uh, understanding of God's Word, then spend some time alone with the Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Get into an intimate relationship with Him. He'll open your eyes. And that's what, you know, put the worldly things away. And, and exactly what Paul was saying in the book of Ephesians, put these things away. and Let Him open
0: your eyes. My so, time here, I was certain, For a while, pretty pretty long while after I first got here, that this the alone time that I spent was. God, I was was sure that was going to kill me, (laughs) (laughs) drive me nuts. Now I I see uh, and value my alone time here because I'm not alone. Uh, I'm with Him, and that's fortified me and strengthened me. I I mean, it's it's built me up. We uh,
1: wrapped up last week's uh, uh, devotional with this idea of prayer, Um, and uh, again jesus came to this world he paid the sin penalty so that we could come into a relationship with god and a relationship again is coming to him talking to him communing with him uh, just like with any other relationship you got to be in communication and so again that's how i'd like to wrap this this up is just by reminding you the whole re- jesus died so that you could go before the father with a complete openness and prayer and talk to him to you know express your heart's desires your worries and your concerns to him and and but then also leaving a little opportunity there where you you're not talking you're just being quiet and, and just listening for how he may be speaking to you
0: it's a two-way conversation it is um, uh, the bible speaks of prayer and meditation
1: prayer and meditation that's right.
0: talking and listening <laughs> right. Talking and listening. Right. The listening part is more important than the talking part, but the talking part's important. God wants to hear from you, man. I love when my girls talk to me. Right. You know, when they talk to me, even if they're I doesn't matter if they're asking for something, if they need something, if they're complaining or what they're doing, I want them to talk to me. Right. And I see that You cannot grow in a
1: relationship if you're not communicating. If my wife who I've been married to for thirty-four years now was living 10 miles away and I never picked up the phone never went to visit her I'm not going to know who she is. Right. So so too you cannot know God unless you're in a relationship That's with him. You right. cannot grow in that relationship. So again I just by way of reminder uh, if you have not developed a prayer life I encourage you to start developing one now in the Bible all throughout scripture we see these uh, these men of God talking about how they get up early in the morning. To to spend some time with the Lord. And uh, even Jesus, I mean, that's one of the things we see him him getting up while it was still dark to spend time with his Father. If Jesus needed to spend so much time with his Father, how much more so than we?
0: Uh, I absolutely have to. Right. You want to wrap us up in prayer again today? I sure will. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Thank you for this time together. Uh, This this time of devotion and of Bible study with, with my brothers has proven to be so valuable this time with you that we've Thank you for listening to Calvary Cafe. I hope you enjoyed today's devotional. If you have questions concerning today's study, feel free to email us at brian at calvarychapelkennett.com or you can inbox on our Facebook page, Calvary Chapel Kennett. Thank you for listening to Calvary Cafe, and may the Lord richly bless you.